Allison here, and welcome to the first episode of America Unsolved, Sky High Saucers. Thank you all for listening. With me today is Grace. Hi. And Taya. Hello. Today we'll be looking at America's only unsolved skyjacking case, D.B. Cooper, and the mysterious case in Secretive Area 51, What's the Government Been Hiding From Us? We will be getting our information from the book History Decoded by Brad Meltzer. Hi, I'm Taya, and today we will be starting with the case of D.B. Cooper. Like any normal passenger, he boarded a plane. Then he threatened, to, he threatened the flight attendant that he had a bomb. He next went to the front of the plane and confronted the flight attendants, saying that he needed four parachutes and $200,000. If they did anything wrong, he was going to set off the bomb. He then had them land Seattle land in Seattle and get his money and parachutes and let the passengers off as well as as well as some of the flight staff. Lastly, he jumped out of the plane 10,000 feet up using a parachute and holding the money. He landed in the ocean and was never seen again. But he might have survived. No one knows the truth. Some evidence that we have found in the in this book Grace will share. All right, so um, the prime suspect for this that they didn't catch before was a Northwest Airlines employee by, um, by the name of Kenneth Peter Christiansen, which is referenced in History Decoded by Brown. And uh, some evidence to this part is he had a lot of unexplained spending within a few months after the skyjacking. And he lent his sister $5,000 in cash and he used another $16,000 to buy another house for himself, which is on page 42. The FBI didn't think it was him because, one, Christensen didn't match eyewitnesses' descriptions of the skyjacker, two, he had no pre- previous criminal history, and three, the FBI didn't, um, didn't believe that the skyjacker had military training or background. We have come to ask ourselves a few questions regarding this case. Did he really survive or did he just drown? What, was there something that caused Cooper to do this? And lastly, could anyone have helped him with this crime? Well, what do you think, Allison? Well, as I was thinking about it, even though it would have been really hard to survive, I don't think that he would have chosen to try to jump out of the plane if he really didn't think he'd be able to survive. Yeah, that makes sense because if, you knew you were going to take money and just to die afterwards. I don't think it would hold much value in just attempting it. So he probably thought out like a plan beforehand. Mm-hmm. Next, what we read after was he once, um, once he jumped out of the plane, he was never seen again. But then they sent a search party to go look for him. And they discovered this house. And it was his old house. They found above a room in the ceiling a safe where the money was once stored and it was above Cooper's room and um and Allison would you like to add on anything? Well I think that that's definitely good evidence to show that um Kenneth Christensen I believe that was his house correct? Mm -hmm. That this was probably him because he probably I remember um a different part that we read says that he only made I believe about five hundred dollars a month if he had a whole belt, he wouldn't have that for maybe just a couple hundred dollars. He would have really had that to keep a large amount of money safe, such as $200,000. As well as that, later when a boy was fishing in a lake, uh, 
in our book history decoded i remember reading how he ended up uh feeling something catch on his rod and in doing so pulled it up after that he discovered that he had several thousand dollars in a bag that he had found they were all in 20s which also matches part of what this db cooper had asked for and he found this money about two to four miles away from Cooper's old house, so... Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> also, um, Kenny Christensen, he, um, he was found with... There's a picture of him with a black suitcase, a uh, briefcase, according to Meltzer, and it matches Dan Cooper's briefcase because... In the text it says, Dan Cooper boarded that flight wearing a black suit and tie and carrying a briefcase. Kenny also stood um, around the same height and in a picture that his brother found of him had the same exact briefcase with a bag that looks like money. To me that seems awfully suspicious or a very interesting coincidence that these two people both happen to have the same suitcase. They both seem to have interesting spendings in money. They both seem to have a lot, I guess, and it just, it really seems like very much of a coincidence, but what I really was wondering about was why would he do this? Yeah. What do you think, Taya? Um, I think something could have caused this. Maybe he um, lived in poverty, or maybe he had known someone who had, for instance, worked for that uh, flight, and maybe he got in and helped, and the flight attendant who could he could have known helped him, com- like commit this crime. Because another one of our questions was, could have en- could have someone helped him commit this crime? So maybe he knew someone who worked for the flight attendant, who was a flight attendant who helped him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An accomplice would have made this a lot easier because trying to board a plane, whether or not he had a bomb, I'm not sure how much. Um, metal detecting technology there was at the time, but it's still depending on how big, if there was a bomb, or even just trying to commit this crime alone would be very hard to do, especially, well, if it happened now, especially with all the metal detectors and police and anything like that, this would be extremely hard to do without a wide variety of contacts and possibly accomplices. Also, um, since they've, this is one of, this is like an unsolved case, the only one that has never been solved by the government. Um, the interesting, uh, the interesting thing is that nobody suspected him. Um, partly because he was part of the um, airline, and also because he hadn't had any training. So the FBI just thought that somebody who did that, like we said before, wouldn't do it just for like mm-hmm. I don't know, just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't do it just because. Mm-hmm. The They'd other- have a reason. Yeah. yeah. And causing it. Another interesting thing that uh, Brad mentions is that people, so there are several different types of people who will try to attempt different kinds of jumps off planes with parachutes. There are some people that will pay extra money to do the same kind of dive that D.B. Cooper did. But how are they expected to survive that if technically D.B. Cooper died from that? Yeah, that's true. Also, okay, so there's also some other evidence besides that he may have been Kenny um, because okay so there's the part that the skyjacker was left-handed and Kenny was too um, 
the Skyjacker smoked, and Kenny did too. And on the plane, the Skyjacker ordered Kenny's preferred drink. This is all from Meltzer's words. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think pretty much all the evidence we have so far is pointing to him. Even if they didn't match eyewitness uh, accounts of the Skyjacker, you never know exactly how reliable those people are or whether they were even paid in some way to give a different description of the person. Yeah, I think this connects to other crimes as well because for other unsolved crimes, there has always been, there are usually witnesses and people who um, are suspects and I think that all the evidence linked to this crime um, shows Kenny um, being the skyjacker. Well, uh, now we actually have to take a short intermission for an ad. A brief word from our sponsors. Alien Attractors. America Unsolved is brought to you by Alien Attractors. Have you ever wanted to meet an alien from outer space? Well, here's your chance. Buy our Alien Attractor for the sale price of $999.99. You'll find this project at any one of our fine retailers, including Amazon, Kohl's, and Target. Satisfaction not guaranteed, no refunds or exchanges for any reason. Again, that's just $999.99. Get yours today. Yay! Okay, I'm Grace and I'm going to be talking to you about Area 51. In New Mexico, there's a place that's isolated by the government called Area 51. Many people believe it is a site, um, a site where aliens are being investigated by the government. The thing is, Area 51 is repeatedly, um, the government has said, that there is no such thing as alien life. Many people believe that the government is hiding things because they're using it for their own benefit. Some evidence is there is a press release that has said um, the government has possession of a flying saucer that was being flown towards headquarters. But right after that, they, they told us it was a weather balloon. And many people question why weather, weather balloon would be classified information. And in that case, um, Brad Meltzer interviewed a person called uh, uh, that was working with the materials in the government um, with the saucer. Uh, his name was Hot, and he had told something to his daughter before that there was a disc that was 22 feet in diameter, which was larger than a weather balloon could be and her um, hot handled the debris that was recovered from the ranch um, where the disc was like recovered yeah recovered and they found that the material wasn't able to be broken by anything so it was almost a kind of material that you wouldn't really see normally on earth yeah yeah, and we've also come up with some um, some reasons why the government would want to keep Area 51 um, secretive and under wraps. And one of the reasons that we came up with was so that there would be less panic if there had been aliens um, that they were researching. They wouldn't want everyone to know the overall 
picture picture saying that there are aliens on our like that have come to earth so they decided to keep it secretive until they could possibly find out more and why they are here if they are Adding on to that, I've noticed that in, not even from the book, but just in daily life, there are many accounts of where people report seeing an alien or a UFO unidentified flying object. And we've seen so many different accounts of this, it's hard to think that they must all be made up, or as the government would sometimes say, just a trick of the light. Yeah. And um, in Meltzer's words, there are some people who believe that the government is using alien technology to further our own um, humanity's uh, goals. Because um, a, a flying saucer had crashed down somewhere and the, uh, the government like quickly hushed it up. But then right afterwards, the first um, sound, the sound barrier was broken by the first plane, just like months, right, months after the flying saucer crashed. So that might be connected. Yes. I remember, I believe, that there is somebody by the name of Arnold, and he, oh, Kenneth Arnold, who is an experienced pilot with more than 9,000 total flying hours, stayed smelter, and he reports uh, seeing UFO while he was flying. If he really has 9,000 flying hours and he has military training, do you really think he'd be the kind of guy to just make something up like that? No. No, and I and he said on page 114 that he had seen these three UFO ships flying in a V formation, what he thought, that he thought that they were UFO ships, and he said that they looked like they were, he said that they were going at 1,700 miles an hour. And we thought that traveling faster than sound was impossible until it was discovered to be possible when they discovered that the speed of light was faster. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's where the also, the other one came to play. Like, once the alien saucer crashed, they discovered that we could break the sound barrier. Right. Yeah, Connection? I mean, how, yeah, I just... It'd be interesting to me that something, if they tell us that we're unable to do this, then how would somebody really be able to go that fast, and would they actually be a person, or like you were thinking, would they be somebody or something from a distant planet or a galaxy by chance? Mm-hmm. Hello, and this is Taya. To wrap up our for our last segment, we are going to be talking about the question that we've come to ask. It is, how are D.B. Cooper and Area 51 related? Are They are secretive and people don't talk much about them. Yeah, it's really true because, well, Area 51 is classified government information, right? Mm-hmm. And D.B. Cooper is like, Nobody has ever solved his case. Yeah, and so nobody really knows the truth. So the thing is, they both, in the end, end up being kind of a big question mark in the books. And mm-hmm. it's just interesting to me that the government seems to play a big role in both of them. Yeah. Because as Melter uh, had stated, that for a D.B. Cooper, that's still an open case. They haven't found a criminal yet. And Area 51, well, that's kind of obvious. Yeah, <laughs> right. Since also Area 51 is known for being like uh, a topic that many people have like like thought about, um, 
but there's there's still like surprisingly little leads and as like what's actually in it because so many people have speculated oh what's in area 51 but we haven't really gotten a clear like vision of it like mm-hmm. not even now right and i think that the biggest thing that links the two cases together or the two mysteries together is that they are both unsolved on page 41 it in the beginning of db cooper's um case and um it says that it's the only skyjacking case that has not been solved by the government and then also on page 113 in the beginning of area 51 it says that the government is hiding that the government could be hiding the existence of alien life and that those are two both mysteries that have been unsolved the true linger is maybe the government has an idea for both but the thing is the public doesn't know for the db cooper case there's no leads for area 51 the government won't say anything so the public is basically just like mm-hmm. out of the loop mm-hmm. <laughs> it right. seems to me though that if the government doesn't understand something or there's something they don't want people to know they use classifying evidence materials or otherwise to kind of fix that problem even though in the end that isn't really very good for the public because it leaves us having to try to think about all these different conspiracies and getting evidence without the government's help which in the end could just cause more problems right i think that they're just trying to avoid the situation of people assuming things and assuming that something terrible is going to happen and that for example if the aliens are actually like if there's existence of alien life that they don't want people to assume that they could get out and then (laughs) that's pretty much all the time we have so all in all what do we think of this that we believe the government is definitely hiding evidence of aliens and that db cooper has survived the die and lived on for many more years all of us think that these theories could always be improved so leave comments for us about your own theories and opinions about these topics thanks for tuning in today and we hope to see you next episode where we will talk about the jfk assassination and the many possible theories behind it thank you thank you